Evening, everybody. This is Fig and Lock Talk. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, we got a good show for you tonight. Uh, this is actually a slow week in news and events, so we don't really have slow. a whole lot to, to talk about, but we do have some topics. Um, we're going to talk about this new outlet mall that's coming out to Virginia Beach, Norfolk Borderline, uh, right there off of uh, Hampton Boulevard where the old um, Lake Wright Hotel used to be, a resort. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Independence Day for Resurgence. Uh, check that out on Friday night. Give an honest review about it. Um, and then we thought, in honor of Independence Day for Resurgence, we give our uh, each of us we're going to give our top five favorite science fiction movies. Uh, so we'll get into that, and then um, I don't know. We'll see what the conversation takes from there. So with that being said, outlets coming to Virginia Beach. Yes. What do you think, man? Man, I I don't know how to feel about that. You know, it's going to take away our malls. And I think that's where it, I'm wondering. Like, Military Circle Mall is already a mall that pretty much died. Yeah, it's, that's no, that's dead. It's dead, right? So, you know, you have Janice, you have Janice Strip Mall, MacArthur Mall, which you have to pay to park, sucks. Pembroke Mall is still trying to do something, but it's still sad, kind of. You know, and then you have Linhaven Mall that's still doing it. And then you have Chesapeake Square way out there. Yeah. And then you have Patrick Haney Mall across the water, which is like the only one out there, really. Right. Next to the new Hampton yeah, City the, Center. Yeah, which has also got, which that mall is like, it's kind of, because Macy's just got closed down out there. I, really? Yeah, I drove by on the way back from my folks' house. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, usually without, the thing about outlet malls is, and we were talking about this the other night, outlet malls usually have clothes that are out of season. So they're not necessarily the up, the the most in season wear. So if you're someone that needs to get the most up to date clothes, then usually you're like you know you're not an outlet's not going to be where you're going to want to go. I'm not shopping at outlet mall. Yeah, but if you're looking for like just nice clothes to wear out and about, and you don't really care about if they're the hottest. No, new no, thing, no. If you're a parent, is, you're a parent with children. Then you going back to school shopping. The outlet. Then the yeah, thing. you're 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 loving the outlet mall yeah. where you can get your son's pants for fifteen dollars and his yeah. shirt for ten dollars. Like, you know, and it's that, but I mean, because I can remember when you know, when we were going back to school, it was like we all went to Williamsburg and hit the Williamsburg outlets out there. Now, that's I would argue there it's probably going to be a big threat to the Williamsburg outlet because I can imagine a lot of their their customers come from down here. Fact, and go up there. Lots of fact in that. It's going to take away revenue there. Now, we will provide jobs when there's going to be ninety ninety stores, stores over three hundred fifty thousand square. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna offer a lot more. You know, jobs down here. They're gonna have to do some, open up some more restaurants to feed that area. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, they might do what Winsburg did. Winsburg didn't do that. Yeah, Winsburg's like, eh, whatever. It, shops. Well, it might, be, else. it might be a nice addition too, because it might revitalize that area. Because that area of Virginia Beach is kind of sketchy. Meh. Meh. Like, I mean, Westland University is protected because it has its own, like, it's it's got security and stuff. But I mean, uh, some of that area is not so great. Can't. I mean, I remember. I remember that's where I first lived in Campus East, and that is that's. Um, that's that's borderline ghetto over there. <laughs> Fair enough, but I mean at the same time, I mean, I I know personally, me, I mean, people are still gonna have major draws to the mall, you know. But I mean, the malls themselves, I know their rent's not getting cheaper, so the stores there, they're gonna have to fight a little bit harder to get people there. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, the draw is that outlet malls have last year's fashion. I remember I went to Nike outlet for the very first time a couple years back, and I was just super disappointed. To see shoes, Nike shoes, I never even heard of. Trash, trash, the the garbage ones. I mean, they were terrible, like all of them. And, I mean, you didn't get the ones you wanted. I mean, you could buy a nice pair of sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. You could buy a nice shirt there. You know what I mean? Uh, the Timberland outlet's kind of a joke because they just sell, like, 
Timberland wheat boots. Mm-hmm. Who does who doesn't wear who wears wheat boots really nowadays <laughs> other than Drake? But I mean, um, you know, it's I don't I, know. I think I think if you're looking like if you're looking at someone that's just looking for like workout clothes, which you don't really want to spend a whole lot of money on, the Nike store, outlet store is your place to go. If you're looking for some nice evening wear that you don't necessarily want to pay an arm and a leg for, then the Banana Republic store, outlet store is your place to and go. We're, we're, la- we're two years ago fashion. Right, exactly. If you don't care about that, which a lot of people, I would argue a lot of people probably don't. A lot of people do. Well, some of us aren't. Some of them aren't as shallow as we are. <laughs> we're not shallow. We're just trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're trying to look good. You know, man, I'm sorry. That's, that's what it's about. I mean, you're, man, that's fine. I mean, I'm not here to judge anybody's clothing or wardrobe, how they wear, unless we're talking about the new Steph Curry shoes. But, you know, <laughs> they're really bad. But beyond that, you know, the outlet malls, it's going to be interesting. It'll bring some new flavor to Sapphire 7. So it, it'd be kind of nice to have, I guess. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, it'd be cool for tourists too. It gives a reason oh, for yeah. tourists. Tourists to come here because now you have, we have outlet malls, so you have to go to North Carolina because North Carolina outlet mall is probably the bigger one. Which one is it? Where's that at? It's um, I'm not sure where exactly is that, but I know you get it from 95. Take 95 South, and you'll pass by. It's on the right oh, side. Really? Yeah, yeah. I well, forgot the name of it, but it's well, the Williamsburg huge. one is close. It gotta be closer than that. Yeah, right? but it's better. But oh, the North better? Carolina one's better. Oh, they have like oh. they have a lot of nice stores out there. Like, I mean, what's nice though? I mean, like Pembroke Mall, for example. I know. And traditionally, that's been kind of the weaker mall, but lately, I mean, they just blew up with the new Nordstrom Rack, which is doing really well. No one really tells talks about it. Uh, well, no one you might know, but I mean, every time I drive by there, it's full. I mean, uh, whole f- that new Fresh Market they put in there, and that's always busy. That REI store they put in there is awesome. I went in there a few times. Oh, yeah, that's the outdoor store, right? Yeah, it's sweet, man. They got so yeah. much good stuff in I there. have no purpose to be there. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> the outdoor store, Yeah. You know, folks, it's funny. I, I took Nick for a hike out at Seashore State Park. I think it was the first time. It wasn't time hot, we life. walked around. It, it was the first time I think he ever been there before. It you, really was. You think, you think he'd never seen trees. It really was the first time <laughs> I've ever been there. I mean, I've seen trees all my life, but, I mean, this is the first time I've been there. I was like, what part of Virginia Beach is this? I'm like, are we still in the Navy base area? No, 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 we're at a park. I'm like, what? Where's the, where's this? Where, this ain't a park to me. This, this is a park. Wilderness Park. Wilderness Park. Nick doesn't do the outdoors. <laughs> I don't do the outdoors, man. It's the it's the bugs, man. No sure, no no, and the heat. I don't like neither one of those. At any rate, but uh, yeah, I think the outdoor stores will be a nice welcome addition. I mean, it's a, it more variety and it, like you said, more jobs, more restaurants. It might even just really revitalize that area. You never know. Maybe we'll finally get that Hard Rock Cafe we've been trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about that too, though. Like Virginia Beach. Why? Are, I don't understand. <laughs> Why we're a resort town, but we don't have that. Like you know, any resort town you seem to go to, they have the staples because they're real resorts. Hard Rock Cafe, they're real resorts. You know, Ripley's, believe it or not, they're real. Why don't we have those yet? Because they're real. We're fake. We're posers (laughs) trying to pretend to be a uh, like a. a, We're a tourist town where people want to go somewhere on the cheap. They come here. It's like you could take a you could take a for a hundred dollars. You could drive a bus to New York from Virginia Beach, and I bet they could do the same from New York down here because we're a cheap vacation spot. We're in New York's armpit. <laughs> you know I mean, it's Come bad. On. You know what I mean? We're not that bad. We're not that bad. But I mean, at the same time, you know, it, it's, it's just bad. We'll never get a Hard Rock Cafe. We were talking about if they did make a Hard Rock Cafe, it had to be on the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Hard Rock Cafe probably like, we don't want to miss all those new hotels are. Right. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, way down the nice side because they're going to look, they look around our beach like this. Uh, you guys want a Hard Rock Cafe? For what? What's y'all rock history well, here in Virginia? Thinking, like, why? Like, 
the north end of the beach, which apparently is blowing up, or even the south end, where they're trying to start putting some new stuff down they're there. They're trying to. The middle beach is what's dying. But the north beach, where's where's our Margaritaville? Where's our Hard Rock Cafe? We don't Cafe? get one of those. We don't get where's a Margar- our, Margaritaville. Where's our Ripley's Believe It or Not? You are very ambitious. Where's our suit? Where's our Applebee's Super Restaurant? The one that's like multiple stories and that'd be bananas. Um, yeah, no one is trying to. Sorry, it's, I think it's because other places like the other places I've been, I've, I've seen like the whole Hard Rock cafes. They're busy all year round. Our beachfront dies, yeah, I suppose. and it dies hard. Yeah, like Key West is always busy. Key West is always busy. Miami, is Miami, always busy. always busy. You know what I mean? The Bahamas, always somebody's going to Bahamas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's always going to Cosmo Mexico. They go Hard, hard Rock. Cosmo Mexico, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I guess that's your Orlando's always busy. Yeah, he's yeah. like oh, San Diego's always busy. Virginia Beach. We're hot from like May to sep- the like the second week of September. No, we got at least October. Second week of September, no, and then we're dead. I disagree. Everybody goes back to school by the end of August. Oh well, yeah, but that's anywhere though. I know that, but like it doesn't affect other places because other people they're not like because grown adults will say I want to come to Virginia Beach to go on vacation. No, they go to real places and go to vacation. But Virginia Beach is a place for like, oh my god, I have kids. Oh my god, I want to spend a lot of money. Oh my god, you know what? Virginia Beach. That's something we. I think we deserve these things. We deserve it, but we won't get it because we're Virginia Beach. We don't celebrate Fourth of July properly. <laughs> we're not going to get into that argument right now. But at any rate, well, we'll see how this new outlet store. Works. I mean, ninety stores is not trivial. That's a lot. Ninety of stores is not trivial. When you told me that, I was a little taken back by that because ninety. I'm not sure if I can think of 90, 90 outlets you could have. Well, the there'll, there'll be a Bose there. The has like 90 outlets. Then there'll be a Bose there. Yeah. There'll be like probably a, like a, a Nike, a Reebok, who wears those anymore. Um, you know, the... Eddie Bauer, Banana Republic. Yeah. Uh, Ni- oh, we already mentioned Nike. Um, oh, there'll probably be uh, Williams and Sonoma. They have an outlet store. Yeah. Probably uh, one of the stores like in the mall we see too. Yeah. Maybe a Brookstone. Yeah. Um, Brookstone, I'm Victoria's like, well, Secret has an outlet mall. Yeah, that'd be crazy. People yeah. love that. Women will jump all that. You can't. Victoria's Secret is probably the only outlet mall that you go there, and I will give no shade at all. Rockport shoes, panties and panties, dog. That's true. Um, you know, beyond that, yeah, Rockports and all that stuff. You know, what I mean, Timberland store, Van Houston, Van Houston, yeah, Brooks Brothers. I feel bad because, like I said, I don't know this. If you make it, if you make some of these outlet malls, so these other stores might suffer. A Timberland store outlet mall. Would dominate a Timberland store inside MacArthur Mall. You think so? Yeah, because there's no like, a lot of again, new Timberlands coming out. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? It's the tried, it's the tried no, and true Timberlands. My Timberland, my hiking boots are Timberlands. Yeah, but your your hiking boot Timberlands aren't like the most basic Timberlands that everybody has. You like you have hiking boots that are Timberlands. Like some people like they were Timberlands as a design as a like fashion statement, and they're like wheat. Oh. Or black or charcoal, you know. What I mean, those are basic colors I mean, since it, we were in high it, school. If you want the if you want the hottest new shoes, though, you're gonna go to like the the Timberland store in the MacArthur Center, not yeah, the but this, store, right? But like I said, I wonder how many new Timberland shoes they make. That's like, oh my god, I gotta have those. Or they're like, I mean, you know what? Timberland's still a big thing now. I mean, I didn't think so. I Drake's like, bringing them back. <laughs> Drake seems to be wearing Timberland boots every time I see him on camera. Drake and his Hotline Bling. Yep, Hotline Bling and the little that dance he's talking that song, new song. I don't know if people still wore Timberlands. They do. Oh, they do. You can now. buy them at Dick's Sporting Goods now. Hey, <laughs> hey, Dick's moving up though. Dick's is big time though. I'm not gonna pretend. I'm not gonna shortchange Dick's. Yeah, Dick's is big true. time. 
They're definitely they make Sports Authority look like a little bitch. Yeah, well, Sports Authority is going out of business too. In fact, they had a big fifty percent off sale not too long ago. Oh, there you go. But uh, that REI store, man. Like I know you're not an outdoorsy person, but that's a sweet ass store, man. That is a cool store. You know what'd be really cool to have? What's that? Um, what's what's that? Um, brand. Um, it's like what skiers wear. That, that um, that jacket. It's um, oh my god, it, it's. Between Columbus? Yeah, there you go. A Columbus outlet. Or, Columbus or Columbia? Columbia. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbia outlet. Dude, I love sweet. Columbia outlet. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Columbia Jackson. Or was no that one, uh, North Face? No. Uh, is it North Face? Yeah. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those. Like that, like a, you have like maybe a ski store outlet or something like that. That'd be cool. You know what but I mean? I mean, they're, they're bringing in Ikea. So does that is that a sign that we're on the map now? Like we're big time? Ikea? We're not. Because the last time there was, the only other Ikea is in North, North Virginia. Nope. We're not big yet. Until we get a Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> and a Margaritaville. No. I'll be all right. You, get, you show me Hard Rock Cafe, Virginia Beach, we made it. We made it. Because we haven't made it yet. We're still chump change. Like, or like a, a ESPN zone or, or, or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give me something like, oh, you see it, a big city. Oh, like the gimmicky stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, showing like these other people like, hey, For look me, what we're investing I, in. In my opinion, we're not, we're not a beach resort town, so I see a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Because every beach resort town I, I see, one, they, have right. a, they have a Ripley's Believe but It or we Not. But do, like, we're just now getting, Norfolk's now getting Carnival Cruise Lines coming to us. Yes. But next year. I wonder what's going to come with that because they're going to get that whole We're getting new, a brand new boat. Right. But, I mean, they're getting that whole new um, uh, waterside entertainment area. Yes. I wonder what's going to go in there. That's still. Maybe that'll be a hard rock. It's fabled. Maybe that'll be a hard rock. Shit. It's fabled. <laughs> I, until they do anything with the tomb, as I call it, waterside, I'll, I'll be amazed. That would be a sweet place for the Hard Rock Cafe, though. It would be a sweet place for it. Because so, downtown Norfolk doesn't die. That's true. Downtown Norfolk always happens. So if you made if you made it like inside Waterside, Hot Rock Cafe, and it's like because the Hooters is gone now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just hollow it out and make a two story one, you know, and just invest it like boom, Hot Rock Cafe, Norfolk, and have like a, like a navy theme, too easy around there. You got money, yeah, revenue yeah. coming in, easy, real easy. Yeah. No, I mean there's definitely some new exciting exciting new developments happening. So I mean. You know, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I think Hard Rock Cafe, Norfolk, or this Norfolk Entertainment Center. Actually, I was thinking today, too. You know how they're redoing the um, the uh, Old Dominion Hotel out there on uh, 35th Street? Yes. So you know how they knocked down the new? So there was the old, the classic Old Dominion, and then they had the new one, right, on the water side? Yes. Well, in the part, of the, part of that development is that they're going to build another hotel in its place. Which, to me, I feel like, why would you build... Why would you put another eyesore right there on the water when you could put like a nice little like like you know resort area with like you know like a, where live bands can play and like a bar and a restaurant and still have those and, and then people that stay in the old dominion hotel the original can get the view of the beach instead of this big ass fucking newer hotel that's just a big eyesore i think it'd be, I mean, that's great real estate right in the water you could do a lot of good stuff with that money to burn man money to burn people are hotels are the thing you know these big these big guys investing money in hotels, and they're like, "Boom! That's the fast way to make money." I invest in this, they run it, and there you go. Yeah, and they will come. I build it, they'll come. Well, I'm optimistic for that Norfolk Waterside Entertainment Area. I think that'll be really nice. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, so I think uh, the next thing we're talking about, I'll get is the ID4 Resurgence review. Uh, so went and saw Independence Day four. Uh, you got. Uh, you you got tied up, so you weren't able to come with me. But I don't think you were really crazy about seeing this. Cre- really, you weren't crazy about seeing this movie to begin with. Nope. But 
I, I was I was interested in seeing it. I knew it was gonna be a lot of spectacle, and it definitely was a lot of spectacle. Uh, I kind of I think I kind of feel like uh, they were just like, well, the aliens in the first movie were already really big, so let's just make them bigger. Like I kind of like I, I didn't really see a whole lot of new. It, the update to the aliens wasn't in my mind very. There wasn't a lot of ingenuity. There wasn't a lot of imagination here. It was a matter of, well, let's just make it the spaceship like a like bigger. How much bigger? Three hundred thousand square miles bigger. We're gonna make it so big it, when it lands on the planet, it spans like six continents or so, and uh, there's one pylon in every major country uh, major country in the in the world, uh, and it's gonna drill a giant hole in the middle of the Earth. That's the plan. They're gonna drill a hole into the molten core and harvest our core. So I was kind of disappointed in what I, what I saw out of the the aliens coming back because for me it was just let's just go bigger, bigger is better. That's what we're gonna do. But either way, I mean it was a neat threat. In this case, you know when we saw in the original Independence Day, you know they they drop the lasers and they blow up the landmarks. You know and that was really cool, right? Because back in the day you actually had to use practical effects. They would actually build models and they would like set these models on fire and the explosion would move up. You know because fire moves up and that's how they would film it in slow motion. Here, obviously, a lot of computer and CGI. Uh, the aircraft uh, had its own gravity, so it lifted all these major landmarks off the ground. And then, oh, by the way, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> and you see all, in the, in the, all this in the trailer anyways, but uh, it lifts these landmarks off the ground, and then at some point turns off the gravity, and all these things come plummeting back to the Earth and destroy a lot of shit. So that's kind of that's like the main that's like the big impressive point of this film. Uh, whereas in the, in the original, you got to see all these major landmarks get blown up and all these ginormous fireballs. Here, you get one really good you get one big sequence where everything comes falling out of the sky. Uh, the story here centers around uh, uh, Liam uh, Hensworth's character. I can't remember his name right now, but he's a He's a he's a jet or a former jet pilot who has been fired or removed from flying jets when he almost kills his buddy who is Will Smith's son. He's too renegade. Well, uh, yeah. So apparently he's so, just too rogue. Spoilers: They're 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 test flying these new jet aircraft, and he apparently he's one he wants to be the number one guy because he's always in the shadow of Will Smith's son. And uh, in do, making it in doing a maneuver, he almost causes he causes uh, Will Smith's son to crash. And um, and causing him having to eject, and that causes some angst. Oh, by the way, his fiance uh, is ha- is a uh, she's a she's the chief of staff for the president, or on the on the president's staff, and she's also the former the president from the first movie's daughter. So that's how they're all connected. Oh, what? Way. Yeah. So what? spoilers. Yeah. Uh, either way, so the big so again, the aliens show up. We need to stop them. Uh, what they discover is that. Uh, the aliens are going to try to are going to try to remove the molten core of the planet, and or the only way to stop them is to kill the queen. And this is where the movie spoilers is a lot like Aliens, where they discover that the aliens are a hive network, and they have a and they have a major queen in the center of it all. And if you kill the queen, you can shut everything down. Which to me is like it's like combining Aliens with Episode One of Star Wars. Uh, because if apparently if I destroy this one thing, everything they, is, sh- everything is, is shuts shut off. Down. Very nice. So I kind of felt the story, the plot there was a little weak because I was like, well, let's just how many more sci-fi tropes can we can we uh, can we mimic or steal? But, I mean, that's how all the movies are. Wasn't like Battle of Los Angeles the same thing? 
Yeah, it was very similar. Very yeah, similar to that. Similar. Blow this up. Boom. All the drones went down. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I was a little disappointed in the... Like, actually, for me, in Independence Day, the first one, I, the the only... The, I thought it was very clever how they disabled the alien ship by uploading a virus, right? And a little IBM yeah. laptop they had. Yes. I know, you were, I know you've been watching CinemaSins. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But it, and to me, though, I mean, at least it's, it's, it's clever because we were at the dawn of the computer age... And vi- like you know, viruses and hacking were like still in still the very new. Seat. Yeah. So it was kind of a clever way to kind of like defeat the alien. This way, I was just kind of like, so to kill the queen, you you win. There's not a lot of cleverness in that, in my in my opinion. Um, the the fight scenes were obviously were very fun to watch. I mean, all you know, they have all this brand new technology that they've been building for 20 years. Which, by the way, the aliens show up and shut down all of it. So, like you know, that's so they're kind of like you know, Jeff, you see Jeff Goldblum in the in the preview. I had 20 years repair and I failed because they basically show up and like with one EMP destroy all this new technology that the U.S. has spent 20 years developing. Jeff Goldblum, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, you're one man. Uh, you're one man who can't keep oh, his marriage apparently. Oh, by the way, apparently, apparently right. despite all this new technology, the um, African warlord who they who we meet in the middle of the movie apparently knows how to defeat them with a pair of machetes and is able to. Yeah, it's crazy. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. So wait a minute. No, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. You don't get a gloss over no, this. I'm, I'm gonna cover it. So check this out. So apparently, in between Independence Day One and Independence Day Two, this African warlord and his tribe have been fighting these residual aliens for a decade. And they learned that the only way to defeat them in their suits, these remember those big those big alien suits they have with the tentacles, yeah. is to attack them from behind. So there's a lot of fight scenes where he like you know scoops up underneath one of the aliens and like cuts at him from behind and stuff. So so a little bit of District Nine in there too with like the African warlord. Oh yeah. So again, let's see. Let's let so another sci-fi trope copied and put into this movie as well. And it's a kind of a little combination of Predator too. There you because go. Because Predator. When, they, when you tentacles. show up in this in this warlord's land, he's got like all these alien skulls. Like oh like, my Jesus Christ! Yeah. What? Um, so there's that part of it too. Uh, but so. The fu- but I mean, overall though, the fight scenes like with the with the ships and the and, like the air combat stuff, it's fun to watch. Like it's a lot of spectacle in three D. It's really neat to see as well. So what you're uh, telling me is this movie lacks heart? No, the like movie, it lacks no, it lacks ori- it lacks originality, originality to the idea yeah. that in the original movie it, it showed us like like first and foremost, not sure why this movie came up did, came out this past weekend, other than July Fourth weekend, which is next weekend, because he they lost the fighting Dory. Yeah. Which, Fine Dory, if I knew that movie was coming out, I'd like pass and do it next weekend anyway. I would have done that. Because mm. Arab parents going to take their kids to see that, not Independence Day. Well, Dor- Fine Dory came out last weekend. Oh, yeah. But that's even worse. All right. But um, at the same time, this movie, the original movie, like, beyond the scale graphics, like you said, they they built their own little White House. They blew it up. You know what I mean? With the city blown up with the lasers. All, like, the actual, like, little debris of the little models they made. And this time... They use this giant ship to pick everything up, like with the gravity and fall on people, which you saw in the commercial. Which yeah, that's not a spoiler. It's anymore. not a spoiler at all. And I think it sounds like a lot of stuff you're saying that are really cool stuff. They kind of showed him in the commercial, which I yeah. remember back in the day. What made Independence Day really cool was when before the movie came out, they showed a teaser trailer, and all you saw was like this shadow over at the White House. Mm. Over Monument Square, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" It's like, it's coming, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And then they blow it up. Yeah, and then like they blow it up. You're like what? Yeah, and then like boom, independent they come out. And I mean, I don't know. Back then, internet wasn't around, so you can show like three or four trailers. But it was like you did not know what this movie was. All we knew was like there's aliens, mm-hmm. 
Will Smith's in it. Vilka Fox was still kind of a nobody. Jeff Goldblum, cool. And you watched it, and you're like, holy smokes. And when you first saw the battle where, like, all those spaceships came out, that spaceship at the one time, and he's like, they're all over the place, you know, and Henry Connick Jr. gets blasted out of the sky and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, holy crap, this is a really amazing movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? For his time. Now, I'm not sure the movie really holds up now, but, I mean, it's it was amazing. And, like, it seems like with this movie, they just, they didn't go, like you said, original ideas they went with like let's take the stereotypical chop the head of the queen off everybody else dies which it makes sense it scientifically it makes sense and most things you kill a queen bee the other drone bees don't know what to really do and then the, the hive dissipates because yeah. my, you know. my, my cousin dropped a comment on facebook and he kind of hit it right i think he hit the nail on the head when he said it's like they took a bunch of science fiction movies and tried to cram them all into one and that's not a good idea yeah. uh the i mean I'm not gonna say it doesn't have heart because there are a lot of fun character. There's a lot of no fun, heart. There's a lot of fun character moments in the movie. Lacking like, heart. Um, there's uh, there's character moment like when uh, Jeff Goldblum's father finds him, uh, and they are they are reu- they have a small reunion toward the end. Uh, there's great. There's a moment where when you, we see spoiler Will Smith's son. I wish I could remember all these characters' names. They're Will not Smith, important. Yeah, Will Smith's son. Watches his mom die as a as a as from because she's a nurse now and she's in the hospital collapses and he sees her die from the top of the hospital. She was on top of the hospital. Yeah, because she was saving because there was a helicopter that was evacuating. She goes up there with a patient and they flag in another helicopter, but the helicopter gets the other lady, gets the patient, but she doesn't get her because the collapse building collapses as Andreas before they can grab her. So if this was the movie San Andreas, she would have survived because there's a lot of that in that movie. Yeah, there's a, yeah, yeah. a lot of that movie. Yeah. Um, other mo- other fun moments, uh, kind of reminiscent of the original toward the end uh, when uh, Liam Hensworth's character is reunited with his fiance after the big battle. And I mean, oh, and who's there's, the president's daughter? Uh, yes, who happens to be the, the former president's daughter. Uh, and that's something. I will, Bill Pullman stole the show in this movie in a lot of ways. Him and uh, Brent Spiner is back, replies as the old, as the crazy professor, Dr. Raccoon. Surprisingly, the only character I can remember because he's so, like, <laughs> he's like, he's like one of the few people in, that, in this movie that you really want to watch. Because, so apparently he's been in a coma because if you remember in, in Independence Day, the first one, he gets strangled by the alien and, he, and the alien yeah, and through they him, right? Yeah, right through, yeah, through the class, yeah. yeah. Well, he's been in a coma for like 20 years. And he's finally waking. He's woken up by visions because these new aliens are back, right? So, but Brent Spiner was by far probably one of the best parts of this whole movie. He brought an energy to it and a funness to it that made him. You made him want, want to watch him. Everyone else is so depressed. Liam Neeson's character is okay. Uh, not Liam Neeson. Liam Hensworth's character is he's okay. He's he's probably the one character, the few characters, but actually they're trying to build a story around the Will Smith character. Aside from the fact that you find out that his dad is killed, spoilers, in a test test flying test flight incident, and his mom gets killed, there's not a lot to this character. Like, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought he was going to be one of the leads, and he becomes more of a supporting role. Um, and I, the acting, his acting, was extremely shallow. Also, by so you're telling me that, like, then with that, um, the movie is suffering from a lot of movies. I would say a lot of movies nowadays are suffering because I mean. Not really suffering, but a lot of movies that are doing nowadays that are just very serious. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, are you telling me that Independence Day resurgence try to be too serious? 
Like, was there a lot of playfulness? Because the original Independence Day was playfulness. Like, when the alien tried to get out, and Will Smith knocks the alien out. Like, get down! No, no, no. There, there is definitely playfulness. Uh, especially with Jeff... But Spiner brings what, it, though, Brian, you said. But Spiner brings it. Jeff Goldblum... You said Jeff Goldblum was trying to be a comedian, full-on like comedian. Like, no, not full-on. But he, he, Jeff Goldblum and Brent Spiner probably bring the most fun to this film. Because the, the, the original movie had Randy Quaid. Right. But, this, but they probably... The two, those two guys... Probably bring, Jeff Goldblum and Brent Spiner probably bring the most playfulness to the movie. Uh, Bill M- Pullman is kind of the emotional center of it all. Bill Pullman's speech. And they probably try to have a speech moment too with him, by the way. They tried. It wouldn't do well. It just doesn't resonate as well as the original. Dude, th- that speech he gave is probably uh, – has to be one of the top five movie speeches of the 90s. Oh, yeah. It was when, when, I, when I was – I used to use it as a monologue when I was auditioning for like shows back in high school. I mean it was such a I mean, great uh, speech. That, movie, that speech was good. I saw Aliens 3 the other day, and I remember Homeboy in that movie dropped a speech. That movie that was really good too. Yeah. But, I mean, that, uh, that speech was great. I mean, they showed a really cool scene in the commercial where he goes in the room with the alien, I guess, and, like, smoke comes out of nowhere, I guess, being tea. Like, you be, yeah. like, you know I mean? I guess he dies, right? Yeah. Yeah, because the alien, like, they well, fuck him I'll up. Say, I, I know how to... So, Liam, Liam Hemsworth's character, if anything, is trying to fill the shoes of Will Smith's character in the oh, first one. that's terrible. He's trying to be what Will Smith was in the first one. Witty and confident, overconfident. Like, he does have a, a kind of a funny... And Liam, and Liam Hemsworth, as an actor to you, is... Not so great. Thank you. But there, he has a fun little scene. Spoiler: where they're on, they actually they crash land inside the mothership. And oh, that's another thing. So we talk about them trying to cram all different kinds of science fiction movies into one. Holy crap! So on the mothership, on the mothership, they've replicated their homeworld's environment. So now it's almost like they're on a separate planet, but they're inside a ship. What? Yeah. So now it kind of comes like predators, if you will. Or aliens, because like they're like they're on this foreign world, and there's aliens hunting after them. When like it's yeah, but at any rate, he has a <laughs> final scene where he steps out onto this like uh, this basically is a flight platform. It's where all their ships are, and he starts taking a piss in the middle of their fl- their ship, and he's he's flicking off uh, the aliens, and that's kind of funny. But I mean, he tries to be what Will Smith was in the, the original film, uh, and he just he can't he just doesn't pull it off well. Um, I don't know. I guess young girls way really like Liam Liam Hensworth, he probably brings a lot of money in that way. But I just don't. I have not liked anything that he's been in. Uh, I think he's one of the weaker characters in the Hunger Games. Uh, he did not. I didn't like him in. Um, he was in something else recently too that I didn't really care for. Um, they don't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I just find him. He's just not nearly. Unfortunately, he just doesn't. To my opinion, doesn't have the gravitas of his brother. Um, and over, that's saying a lot too. Yeah. That's saying a lot because his brother don't like extremely wow me with his acting, but he yeah. does his job. Yeah, um, I think uh, overall the movie I would recommend. I would recommend seeing it. Uh, I'd give it probably a seven and a half overall. You're being nice. Yeah, I mean it's still it's still entertaining. It's still a lot of spectacle. It's still fun, but it's not just not as good as the original. And compared to a lot of movies like that have come out lately, like event, like it does. It, it if I had to choose between going to see, like for example, Avengers versus this, I would have saw Avengers. Like, oh, that's too easy. For another, you. Spoiler. So another that's too easy. Another sci-fi trope that it steals also is Godzilla, because the queen, queen, yeah, she's apparently like gigantic, like hundred feet tall, and when she, at the end she comes out and she's stampeding through the salt flats, chasing uh, a bus. So yeah, it, it it's a lot of different movie types all crammed into one. Um, you know, and I, I think somewhere like 
when they're putting that movie together, they're like, man, what a great idea. Man, what a great idea. Oh, they're and, all like and, and, pumped. Well, no, and to add spoilers, to add another sci-fi trope to it as oh well. Oh, my God. You discover that. So in the very beginning of the film, spoilers, there's this probe that comes to the moon, and they attack it because they think it's the original aliens, right? Well, it turns out this is actually a good guy. And who's coming to help them fight the aliens? Because apparently there's an intergalactic war that's taking place. So the 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 bad aliens that the harvest aliens. I'm gonna call them harvest aliens because they do. The harvester aliens uh, have destroyed the homeworld of this al- other alien. Well, this other alien, it's not biological. They apparently are so evolved that they, uh, they upload their consciousness into machines. So they're basically a, a, a sentient planet of living computers. And they sent this emissary to help the humans. Transformers? Yeah, exactly, yes. No! So, then, so the humans... No! So the humans... The humans yeah. So the humans think that this thing is an enemy. <laughs> they shoot it down. Well, they learn that it's a good guy, and they, they activate it, and it shares with them all this knowledge. And at the very end, this is why I was telling you there's going to be a third one, because the, this sentient robot, essentially... This sentient probe rec- uh, recruits them to be the leaders of the intergalactic we got resistance. Screwed. This isn't. This is not Independence Day resurgence. It's freaking Transformers Six. Well, they're not. They're slick. It's not they're tra- slick. It's, 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 they it's, slid it's, 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 it in it's there. It's a giant big ball. It's a probe, but they slid it in there. But, uh, it's Transformers. Uh, but, Remember they said they're gonna make a Transformer movie every year? There it is. Yeah, but, there it is. But it was they so funny. Slid it in the, on the, the very end of the movie, you know, Brent Spiner. Like, they're, they're like, you know, Brent Spiner comes running up and he's like, "Hey guys, guess what?" They want us to lead the resistance, and then that's sort of like, oh my god, intergalactic travel, and you're just like, oh my god. So th- th- there will be a third movie. It will be in outer space, and there will be an intergalactic war. I think this movie would have been much better served if they did it more like a, a, like an Empire Strikes Back, where the humans lose Lost. and they had to flee the planet. Was that the very first thing I said to you? I was like, this. It's yeah. good, safe to say they lost yeah. based off the trailer. Seeing freaking looks like something falling on freaking England. Yeah, I was like, dude, the, you dropped the freaking city on another city. That's mass destruction. Like it, we gotta said, leave. Because in, in the middle of the movie, when this robot thing is telling them about the kind of telling them about their history, it leads you to believe. Oh well, so man, the humans are gonna get intergalactic travel. I was like, you know, it'd be really cool. As I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking to myself, it'd be really cool if the aliens win. And this probe is just able to get enough people, important people, off the planet so that they can feel the resistance. Because the, the the probe, spoilers, tells everyone that there is like a refugee planet. Like this this race of alien, these robotic aliens have been bringing the refugees of the planets that the harvester aliens have been destroying, and they assembled them on this one planet, and they've been giving them, the, they've been helping them build the technology to fight them. So I'm watching this movie like Nobi Sweet. If the the harvester aliens win. And enough humans get off the planet to come back and take their homeworld back in a third movie. That'd be a great third movie, and that would that would have made this movie. It would have given it some dramatic gravity. It would have made it a really good film. It would have made it would have gave it depth. Instead, it would have gave it originality. Yeah, like, we never seen anything like that instead, before. They came up with a really easy plan to 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 get the queen away from the rest of the ship so they can kill her. And I was like, I was like, man, why did they why did they waste this opportunity? But. Is what it You're is. right, because if you if you'd have told me, like if I read in the trailer, like in like I did some Rotten Tomatoes, if, you t- if they told me like, hey, by the way, we lost at the end, what? I'm watching that. I'm gonna watch this lose. Yeah, it would have been. That'd have been original. It would have been a great film. Instead, they found some cheap way to allow the Ameri- the, the the world, the humans to win, and it kind of just. And in the end, it just was so cheesy. It was it took everything. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, it's a little depressing. I don't want to talk about it, man. We always think about really good ideas for these films that like just. 
fail out on us. We should be Hollywood. We really apparently, should. Apparently we're not, but we should be. Ugh. But anyways, so in honor of Resurgence, we decided to go through our top five favorite films. Now, this is not what we believe should be the top five best science fiction Because technically movies. in the top, if you look online mm-hmm. and a lot of film buffs and everything else, they'll give you your top three movies in every which way order would be like Metropolis, Star Wars, Blade Runner, and Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001. 2001. You know, and sadly, um, other than Star Wars, I've never seen any of those three. Yeah. Have you seen those? I've seen them. Uh, I've seen a lot of them, but and they're, they're, I'm not going to be like, I don't think they're great movies. They are great movies, but the problem is I, I personally, they're not for me. I find 2001 Space Odyssey is extremely hard to get through. It, it, in my mind, it's boring. I find it boring, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I plan on watching, like, I think that's when my task I'm going to try to do this week, track these films down and watch them, because, yeah. I mean, I know 2001 Space Odyssey is on Netflix. Uh, Metropolis is on on Netflix as well, mm-hmm. so um, I'm I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great classic. It's May 1927. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a it's a classic. It's black. I've actually never seen it. I'm aware of it. Apparently, it's 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 fantastic. It's May 1927. Yeah. Anything um, that's supposed to be good made way back then. They're gonna show yeah. you something. I mean, Stanley Kubiak 2001 Space Odyssey. That for what it is, he says really tough to get through. Um, what the bit pieces I've seen of the movie, it looks absolutely beautiful it's, it's, for a it, movie it is a that was made in 1968. Yeah. Agreed, man. agreed. That's uh, crazy. And then you got other movies. What's oh, another big film that they, they highlight? Um, Blade Runner, which again, Ridley Scott. Uh, this was his prior to him doing Alien. Right. This is a, another great film. I mean, when you look at it, Harrison Ford. It's visually stunning. Right after Star Wars. For me, I feel like the storytelling on it just takes forever to get through, and I, I, I don't find it like, like whenever I, when I start, I'll start watching it, and I get bored with it like within the twenty minutes. Um, so that's just my opinion. I mean, that's my opinion. Take what it is. But what we decided to put together was our top five favorite science fiction movies. We haven't looked at each other's list. Yeah, we haven't talked about. We it. We want to talk about it, you know, so we can talk about um, the films, but. Let's go ahead and kick it off. So, I'm gonna, Mr. L- Mr. Locke, why don't you give me what's your number? What's your number five? My number five is Inception. Inception is a really good movie. Inception, I, I liked Inception a lot. It is a Christopher Nolan yes. film. This nice little romp, you know. what I mean, um, just this everything. They showed a revolving room that they built a set for, yeah. oh, not yeah. computer graphics for. They built nope. a set for it. Yep. Um, again, like this, the, the animation and this, that, whatever they, you could see that Doctor Strange took a little bit of Inception with the whole ro- seeing the worlds bend into yeah, each other yeah. type of thing. He, he, that movie set a movie standard because you see it, you've seen that copied after Inception. You've seen it copied in a couple of different films where worlds mirror other worlds yeah. type thing, whatever, and showing like that. They, they showed it and he was the first to kind of do it and he did it right. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's just great original storytelling because it's a story about, I mean, going into someone's dreams. Mine, yeah, mine, and making... To, to either plant an idea or steal an idea. And I just love this idea of going into someone's dreams, planting this idea, and the world is just changing around, having to deal it with this world. It went from dream yeah. within another dream into another dream to yeah. another dream. He went so far in that he didn't know if he was yeah. still, if it was in somebody's dream or he's in his dreams anymore. Yeah. Like, he's never gone that far in. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great story. No, that... And then the ending where yeah. everybody can guess, the ending is just... Hey. You, you you could you're right either way. Yeah, I, I was going to say I was exactly what I was going to bring up is when a movie is still talked about when the ending of a film is still being talked to today because you know, there are people on some side of it that say he made it out and there are some people that say he's still. You in. go online and people have charts. Yeah. People have like essays written on the idea why they believe a certain way or another of this movie. Yep, and that 
was great filming. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, I think that's, that's a great – that's a fantastic film. So my film, number, number five, uh, you're going to probably laugh at me, is actually The Last Starfighter. The Last Starfighter. You know what? Um, I will talk about that movie um, at work the other day, and I love The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. Um, with the kid, he played a little few games, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, based on how well he was playing, the alien came down, and like the alien looked cheesy. Wasn't it played by um, Louis Gossett Jr.? Louis Gossett Jr. The Black No, Man. you're thinking of Enemy Mine. Is it Enemy Mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I, I swear he played I swear he played that guy, the yeah, alien yeah. in that movie. But uh, he went up there, and he became a, a star f- captain? Like a, yeah. a star so fighter up there? if you're not familiar with... It's for, great. Some, for some of you young kids out there who are listening who have never heard The Last Star Fighter... Reminds me of, like, Flight of Navigator. It's in the 1980s. And the, the, what's great about this film is in the ni- it's the 1980s, and it manages to combine everything that you would love as a child. Video games, imagination, dog fighting, aliens, like everything that, like every, like, imagine today you're playing modern warfare and your high score gets you recruited by the Navy SEALs. That's kind of the idea behind this. Like, it's, there's so much imagination behind it. So there's a young boy, young man, a teenager, he scores the highest score on a game called The Last Starfighter. His, apparently the, the, these video games were sent down by a race of aliens to recruit pilots to carry on an intergalactic battle. He, his score is so high, he gets recruited. Well, at the same time, the, he literally becomes the last starfighter because the aliens destroy the remainder of the fleet. And it's up to him and his alien counterpart to go in and uh, defeat the, the aliens from taking over the universe. But just a, a great film. It was uh, actually this movie is probably the beginning of seeing computer graphics being utilized in the film because the spacecraft was used with CGI. Uh, all the spacecraft were CGI. The effects were CGI. So this is one of the first films you'll see that in a movie. Um, the you know Will Wheaton was in that movie as a friend of this guy. He was. It's right. Yeah. Will yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. Wheaton was in it. You know, what I mean, it, it came out in 1984. You know, I had a budget of fifteen million back yeah. then. So that's but, a lot but even of money. to this day, as a grown man, I'll have, I'll daydream about playing a video game and being recruited to you know to go do something fun somewhere. I mean, it's it's a great it's just a great movie. Yeah, I, I see. I, that's a great pick. Yeah, that's a great yeah. pick. So, uh, what's your number four? Number four. I'm going Twelve Monkeys. Oh, Twelve Monkeys. It's you know it's just funny because my next my number four is also a time travel film. So. Okay. <laughs> but Twelve Monkeys is another. It's, that's one of those mind bending time thrillers that just messes you up, man. Yeah, and Twelve Monkeys just Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. um, Bruce Willis. I mean, it's a movie that I saw as a kid and it made no sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched it again as an adult and I was like mind blown with the ending again. Yep. Ending like the fuck just happened again. You know, it just tells you that time travel is not to be fucked with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it spawned. A, it's got a miniseries now on Sci-Fi. I think. Really? Yeah, it's got yes, a series on it does. Yeah, yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, but Twelve Monkeys. That's that's a great choice. I love. That's a great film. One of Brad. One of my favorite Brad Pitt movies, actually. That um, and like, um, was it um, the movie with him and um, Morgan Freeman? Oh, uh, Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Brad, Brad so, Pitt. When Brad Pitt wants to act, mm-hmm. he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. And when he doesn't want to act. You can see it. He's I still think, a good actor. He's still, <laughs> like, it's funny because like you see him like um, Benjamin Button. Oh man, great Ooh, film! A great film, great acting. Mm-hmm. Good job, Brad. You are Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. And then you watch like Ocean's Eleven. He's still good in it. <laughs> are though. you even trying, bro? He's yeah. like chilling, hanging out. Yeah, dude, I'm getting here to get paycheck, man. Go ahead, go yeah, do your yeah. thing. But still, he's even then he's still good though. I remember seeing Brad Pitt in like movie what Cool World back in the day. Oh yeah, dude. A lot of people don't know about that movie. Cool that's, that's great. Not, I, I guess that's you can get sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 
All right, so my number four is actually Back to the Future. Which one? The first one. The very first one. Gago original. So I love the idea one time travel. Probably, this is probably, in my opinion, yes, there's the time machine before it, and there have been other time movie, time time traveling films. Pierce Brosnan's time machine was good. Yeah, but in my opinion, this is the, the quintessential time travel film. I mean, first off, it, it captured everything great about the 80s and made it, like, to a movie. Like, the DeLorean... Yeah, like is a symbol of the '80s, and they yes. made it. The, the, that is your time. That is it, right? But take um, that movie. It, skateboards, the, eight, the music. It's a, it's a signature of the '80s, but the movie was made in the '80s, which was good. Yeah, but I know. mean, you know, skateboarding, you know, '80s music, all that combined, and then you know, um, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, drop, you know, dropping Michael Jackson stuff here and there, and then throwing this kid back in time to the 1950s to see his parents. Like it's one of those things where every kid goes digging around his parents' closet and finds like their old high school year. Like, wow, look at them! Yeah, and you're like, how cool would it be to actually go back and see what, what your parents are like in high school? Uh, Leah maybe, Thompson was hot. Yeah, she sure was, and like all the hijinks they get into. But it's a great science fiction movie. I mean, who doesn't know what 88 miles per hour means? 1.21 gigawatts. I'm telling you though, that there's that conspiracy out there that Doc Brown was trying to kill himself. Out on the on the web, oh, if you on, look the, that on up. the toilet, and that's how he fell off the toilet. No, uh, he what? tried to kill himself when he made his car remote control, and he made it shoot. Tw- he made it run towards them. Really? Yeah, because there's on on online this guy had like this theory where he's saying like if Doc Brown's remote controlling his car with his his dog Einstein in there, oh yeah, and going yeah. around and like you see Marty's off to the side, and he grabs Marty and pulls Marty right next to him as the car is coming straight on. He's like, ah, ah, Marty's freaking out, but Doc isn't. And then it just disappears right on time to like just make sure they. But what's don't get, the motivation for him trying to kill both of them? Because he's freaking crazy, dog. Fair he's enough. freaking crazy. He stole uranium from like the Saudis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they no, the Iranians. The they found me, yeah, Marty. Yeah. I'm not sure how they found me. What do you mean, not sure how they found you? They're terrorists. <laughs> that's another thing too about the eighties. You know, it's it's a high the Cold War. You know, nuclear and plutonium is such a big thing, and they, they build a time machine that has to be powered by plutonium. You know, of I mean, all things, yeah. right? So yeah, that's my that's my number. But it's four. great, yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right, has, has down number three. Number three, The Matrix. Ooh, good. Film. Now, The Matrix is a movie I saw. Not three, the other two. <laughs> not the other two. Okay, not not the other two. Sorry, not bendy visions. I call it because the fight scenes got really their hands, arms got really bendy, almost like watching like Jack Skeleton. Mm. But um, Matrix One, mm-hmm. great. You never again setting cinema forward it was this is movies going forward you're seeing the fight scenes slow that, motion, slow motion capture you know and the idea of like hey let's make this contraption instead of making cgi they made a contraption with like i think it had 30 cameras all the well, way around no, more than that it was like 300 because it was 360 degrees and they had a camera at every degree to capture that jump and turn all the way around and it's but, like that was legit it wasn't cgi it was them actually jumping mm-hmm and that was amazing. You've seen it when you when you see him fall down, whatever. Like mm-hmm. still gets mimicked to this day. Fall down, dodging bullets. It's great. Trinity, help! And then like, boom, he's like just got out of the way. And all the fight scenes, all the cut scenes. I mean, every action scene. He showed how well shrapnel mm-hmm. in a scene yeah. matters to an action scene. You know yeah. what I mean? It Slow just, motion and shrapnel were all of a sudden and just made it like. And look at how many how many filmmakers have copied this. Ever since then, it's been Zack Snyder in three hundred. Zack Snyder, but Zack Snyder's probably like the he probably does slow motion best. Right, but he does it. He, he relies on CGI. Yeah. Whereas these guys originally didn't use CGI. They actually used a lot of cameras. Oh, yes. They did it. it. They did it. Or, yeah, the, Zack Snyder didn't have that technology back then. Like, if he, yeah, yeah. he couldn't do that. He could do it now. He couldn't do that back then. Like, 
the Wachowski brothers, they mm-hmm. definitely set the market with it, mm-hmm. you know, and the story in the first one was somewhat believable, I guess. You yeah. know I mean? It didn't go so far off the reserve. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The part two and three went off the reserve with yeah. digital I mean, vampires and, and all that mess, but... Spectacly fun to watch, but I mean, there, there's a story kind of just takes a real part two was really cool with the highway scene, yeah. And they get really like the whole like sometimes the writing got really pretentious, like especially with the old guy at the very end, the architect. You know, I was actually <laughs> watching, did you watch the old, I remember the old MTV uh-huh. sketch that they did with Will Ferrell? Yes, and he's like concurrently, you know, vis you know, I mean, it's a uh, I don't know, they have the Matrix series itself has a lot of good quotables. But Matrix One was just fun. It, yeah. it had it had fun. It was a very serious film. That fun when he's like, "I know kung fu, show me." And yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. "Whoa!" And he's oh, like, yeah. "You know what I mean?" Great like, scene. Yeah, that was yeah. great because he's like, "You would feel the same way." You're like, "I just learned a black. I became a black belt in, yeah, yeah. in like two seconds. I know. I just Dude, uploaded black that, belt." That me. scene was, at the very end of the film where they go into the building and they're killing like I kill all the guards. You know, like he walks through the the metal detector. And like he sets it off, and he opens his coat up, and he's like just armed the teeth. That's such a great scene. It's a great scene. He yeah, kicks yeah. them boom, and it's like it just guns, 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 flipping. And they had to do that. I um I read something. They had to do that scene. They, that scene took almost two weeks to film because there was a couple times you see some of the cut takes where mm-hmm. he fell. Like sometimes yeah. like he would fall down. Like oh, they have to redo it and to rebuild the area up mm-hmm. and then reshoot again yeah. because this. You can't just leave it destroyed like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It looked crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Matrix. Yeah. Matrix. Great choice. Great choice. So my number three is Alien. Now, a lot of people will say Aliens is the better of the trilogy or quadrilogy or how many there are now. Which, yes, I'm not going to lie. I do like John, John Carpenter's Aliens is fucking amazing. But the reason why I picked Alien is because, in my opinion, it really set the, sta- the standard in sci-fi horror. Um, you know, it didn't. You know, Ridley Scott built this world. You know, uh, this this you know having this ginormous ship manned by a company of basically freighter freighter jocks. You know, sus- using suspended animation and you know auto you know computer taking over the ship. Androids like really you know using the android to kind of move the story along. Like he had built this whole world, this um in uh, this whole future world that we had to look forward to. And then the, you know the uh, uh, finding the planet and the ship and the, the you know they call him the space jockey right the guy singing the big gun with his, his you see the, his, the, the the huggers out of when his you chest. see that it is the most chilling yeah. shit and then like going down into that mist remember they, like, they had like that laser mist that sits on the surface and you go down and you see all these eggs and you're like where do all these eggs like you didn't know where these eggs came from you're just like where are these eggs coming from and it opens up and attaches the dude's helmet and like the acid for blood and I mean it really it just what a great imagination to put all this together. H.R. Geiger was the uh, the designer of all this, and yes. his his art is just so eerie to begin with. And I see him put it into a movie. No computer graphics; it was all done. Yeah. The alien, the face hugger, yeah. everything's legit and it looked good. Yeah. And if you watch like some of the later aliens, they look really bad. You know, what it, you can tell they put pride and time is, and effort. Yeah, and it's a, it is a scary movie because like you, and you never like, know when that thing's gonna come out. The scene you, where the scene where the chest buster. Oh yeah, happens on the table in the middle of dinner. Like. That film, that scene right there, the, everybody on that scene did not know yep. what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They, if you read on, if you read up on it, it's the actors knew that something's going to happen, but they didn't tell me what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yep. Only person that was going to know what's going to happen was the people filming it, the director, and the actor where his chest was going to get busted open by alien, yep. and they use like real blood to pop it open, whatever, and is yep. that, and it popped everywhere, and 
the, when you hear the lady scream, that's her real scream. That's her freaking out because she's like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Yeah. They didn't read that. Now, all this is like, something's going to happen. Da, 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 da. Like, boom. This yeah. happened. Everybody in the screen jumps back. That is the most authentic screaming. Like, they said when movie theater in the 70s, when that happened, people, like, left. People were like, oh, fuck yeah. this. Well, I mean, they can uh, handle it. What's so great about that scene, too, the way I love that, the way he sets it up, everything in that environment is extremely sterile. It's all white. So to see this guy on this table and just... When a white shirt and it turns red. Blood. Boom. Just blood. And then this thing just pops out and just screeches everybody and then takes off. Like, you don't even know where it goes after that. <laughs> like, it just takes off somewhere. And, like, and now you're just... Everyone's searching for this thing. And then when you then when you find out about the acid for blood and you see that it goes down... We were talking about this, remember? In the, so it, it goes, goes down... the hole, yeah. Like, like, deck through deck through deck, right? And which and then we were talking about, like, Alien 4. The guy gets on his face and you're like, well, why would he commit suicide? He's got his face. Dude, it bursts through four decks of metal. So can you imagine if that's on your face? It's still a bitch move. <laughs> Still a bitch move, man. He gave up way too quick. But Alien, I mean, that that tagline in space, no one can hear you scream, like, that is so great, man. It's chilling. So great. Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah, Aliens, arguably, yes, is probably the better of Alien film, but still, it, Aliens would not exist be, without Alien. Fair. Mm-hmm. That leads me to my number two, mm-hmm. which is Aliens. Yes. All right, now. <laughs> which, <laughs> which leads me right now, because, yes, that movie was all great and all with... This sci-fi and the horror were aliens flips upside down. If you've never seen it, if you're on the younger side and never seen it, I encourage you to please watch this film. It is really great. You're talking about Space Marines. Yep. This is like where Star Trek Troopers get their idea yeah. from. I mean, if you see anything, whatever, this is where they get the idea from. These awesome ships flying mm-hmm. in. Like this is James Cameron. Yep. To next level. He's like, dude, everybody like my idea. Mm-hmm. Bigger budget. They start with like, in a little cocoon area, which for one, I'd have been out. But yeah. like this whole this whole colony, they're being ambushed by a lot of aliens. Mm-hmm. using smart guns, huge anti-kank weapons. Ripley's a badass in this movie, mm-hmm. whatever. Dude, I mean, there's... Cargo loaders. The cargo loaders alone make this movie great. I mean, it's just like they're just... There's like the whole movie is great. Flamethrowers, cargo loaders. She fights the alien queen at the end. Let's, let's talk about that too. The first time you see that alien queen... You're you, like, you're, you're, holy you want to piss yourself. God, because it's huge. Yeah, cause I, and I love the way they set it up too because she walks in and you see the eggs and you see that one egg get hatched. And they follow it up. It's just a long, like over up, and then you just see this monstrous queen just sitting there, and she just, it just, it just blows you away. Like it, it's, you're it, like you for know. real, and it's like, and like, uh-huh. and when she screams, like her, like her face injects out a little bit, kind of yeah, yeah. like that. It is a man, and when she separates herself from the from the from the egg sack to chase after her. And then when she's in the cargo loader and her, her like remember they all have that mouth punchy thing, you know? It's like ten times bigger than the than the, the normal alien. What always creeped me about the aliens was the idea like how this is slime the aliens emitted. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. always creeps me out. Like they're just in the and they're like there's this slime just generates and I'm like mm-hmm. it's just pure slime that they do and they're extremely agile and these soldiers are like literally on defense. They're not on offense at all in this mm-hmm. film. They are just trying to haul ass. Their ship gets... Some of these aliens are super agile. They're super smart for whatever reason, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they just... They're just... It, the movie is just amazing in its own right. Yeah. And Aliens is just great. Such great portables. We're dead, man. It's game over, man. It's all over. Get away from her, you bitch. I mean, <laughs> such great portables in yeah, the movie, yeah. too. I mean, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. Yes, please do. All right, so my number two... I'm going to really geek out here. Um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. This, I mean, one, if you're a Star Trek fan, 
this is the movie that everything in Star Trek is based on, especially now. If you if you're a fan of the new Star Trek films, guess what? You might all you, you don't need to know anything about Star Trek except for Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan because every callback in the start the new Star Trek movies is to this movie. Um, the best Star Trek film to come out. It, it accurately captured and rekindled the love of the original show by, by by going back to an episode and pulling out a villain from an episode and making him the titular villain of uh, of this movie. On top of that, you got Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban, probably in the best role of his entire life. You know, because even though he has a fake prosthetic chest, or so you know, they, you know, or so they he ain't say. that strong. Um, but I mean, just a great film. I mean, real stakes, the death of Spock. I mean, that moment between Kirk and Spock, your best friend, has just sacrificed his life to save not only the, the ship, but the entire universe. And, you know, just that emotion, the emotional gravity of that scene. Um, just so, so, there's so much great about this. The fight scenes between the shoot and the two battle scenes were so great. Um, finding out that Kirk had a, a long lost love and a son. You know, I mean, you know, whenever, I mean, you know, you find out that he has a son for the first time. And this idea of this, this Genesis idea that you can build a planet. By launching a torpedo and you know having this you know big is it a weapon or is it you know is it like a, is it like a Eden project is, is, is it an Eden project yeah I mean so it's just a great film the score is fantastic the writing is great and then the you directing can't is the great most, the famous quote of all time on that show God! Yeah. God! How, how cool is that yeah I mean so his his rage out in that scene is just so great yeah so I mean Star Trek two route the con for me by far number two I just I just love that movie. I respect so, that. I respect all right, so what's your what's your big number one? It's number one. Okay. Number one for me. Hi, do buddy. Number one will be Back to the Future Two. Now, really? Yes. Back to the Future Two okay, is okay. is um. I saw it as a movie theater as a kid, and it just it had so much wonder. Like Back to the Future One was great. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future Two did what it did magnified it okay all right you know what i mean we took they took you to the future mm-hmm. you know what i mean for whatever reason his son looks just like him and biff looks like his son and well, he's, he's, i know it's, it's how it was but it's, yeah, yeah but i mean he plays his son his daughter and himself right it's his, a, and his and his future self all at the same time it's kind of funny but yeah. it, it's like but i mean it's like he did what Mary, that he did what eddie murphy does before eddie murphy did it in the clumps correct <laughs> you know what i mean in that future the cubs are in the world series yep they say the cubs might be the world series this year yep you know what i mean uh but at the same time you know it, it showed greatness hoverboards yep you know um you're seeing flying that cars flying cars then he went back in time his time got altered by what he did there's a penalty for what he did mm-hmm. he bought that magazine shouldn't have did it old yep. biff went back in time and then all of a sudden, bam! He had to go. Then he had to go even farther back, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the ending. The ending was not a happy ending. Yeah, it's true because you find because you know Doc Brown gets Doc Brown gets helped sent- him get back. Yeah, but then it's like no, he yeah Doc Brown helped him get back, but he didn't. Was it back? No, no he no, didn't no, get no, back. No. no, he didn't get back yeah, because Doc Brown, Doc Brown zapped, got zapped, zapped back. back to the 1800s, right. and he gets so the letter at the like, very end. And he gets the letter at the very end of the. Film. I've been waiting X amount of years for this. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. We had a. He's yeah. alive. He's alive. You know what I mean? It's like you just. It was a movie that it it didn't have a happy ending. Like when you were end at it, you were like, I feel indecision about this. Like it was such a great film. You're like, it's gonna be a happy ending, and it wasn't. It was kind of like, oh, oh, he was supposed to get back in time, and and then he didn't. And he's still stuck in Silverdale or Riverdale, yeah. and it's like sixties. Mm. Yeah, what I love about that film though too is is that instead of making you wait 
another two years for the third one. They released they filmed, it immediately. They yeah. filmed them right after, right after one after the other because it was, it was actually originally it was supposed to be one movie. Yes, but it was so big that they split it up. So they, how they, can it not be big? The first movie was Rose, where I need. Where yeah, we need we don't, roads, we don't need and then it's like you have a flying car yeah. at the end. Of, you're telling me I'm not going to watch a part two of that? Yeah. So well, I love the fact that immediately you only had to wait like six. I think it was six or eight months. It might have been a year for this the third one to come out. But it's and like what that's for me. That's great planning. Like it's like the same thing with like um, uh, Lord of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They came out a year after each other, so you didn't feel like you had to wait two more years to, for the next film. Which to me means that you actually sat down and you wrote it. Now, granted, Lord of the Rings is based off a book, so the the, the material is already there. Fair. But still, it, it, it implies to me that you sat down, you thought through the story, you know what you want to do, you got the actors. Let's just go. Let's make this. Let's make this movie and release it. Like um, Harry Potter, like when they did the last two, they yeah, came out with the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, for me, I I, I kind of wish more movies were. If you're gonna do a trilogy or a sequel, you're gonna plan this out. Just, just film just, it, dude. Just do it all. Just so film yeah, it. Don't make the, the problem is they want to see if they make money off the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah. just so much. Did we make money off it? Oh mm-hmm. my god, do we not have a budget for this? You know, in the case of that's freaking, true. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case of DC, do we have to change our producers and yeah, this yeah. that? Do we have to mm-hmm. figure things out? So I mean. Now, yeah, Marvel is pretty good in the fact that they usually start filming pretty like usually like I think after Avengers two was released, Civil War started filming like that like a, two months later. So they usually stay on top of it pretty well, but still you're waiting on average two years before you get your next film. But yeah, yeah but still either way, that's a great choice. I love Back to the Future two. I love Back to the Future two. I can watch it anytime on television. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Um, so my that was your number one, right? So my number one is Star Wars Episode five. The Empire Strikes Back. Because I love the original. I love the first Star Wars. Again, now this is a movie without a happy ending. Right, it is. But again, weight, stakes, drama, character development. I mean, the first Star Wars is a fun thrill ride, but there's not a lot. There's You don't find out a whole heck of a lot about the characters. Whereas you find out in the second one, holy shit. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Father. Big, you know, that yeah. was a big shocker when you're when you're a kid. Not only that, but you begin to see that like you begin, you begin to see the romance develop between the Han Solo. It's where Luke learns kind of how to use his yeah, powers. You get to meet Yoda. Like there's character development. There's a lot of weight to this film. Like it's funny. I remember as a kid, like when you, you know when when Luke Skywalker goes into the cave and chops off, and like you, I didn't know what that meant. Like I was like, wait, is Vader dead? Is he, and why is whose face is that? Like I didn't. Like, was that Mark Hamill's face? Why is his face in the, in the mask? Like, it was as a kid, you don't know what to make of that scene. Like, it's just really weird. But as I got older, I began to appreciate that. Like, this is foreshadowing. This is if you don't watch your, if you don't watch out, you're going to end up like one. It's telling you. I think it was insinuating that there's a Skywalker in that Vader costume, which we find out at the end because it's Anakin Skywalker. So we know that too. If you don't watch the path you're walking on, you're going to be the one that ends up in that costume at some point. And I think so. That made more sense to me as I got older. But um, I mean, Empire. Just first off, they open up with that battle at Hoth. What a great opening to a film, man! The battle at Hoth is so. I mean, it's it's so great. Like speeders and at ats and you know all kinds of good, just fun there. I mean, oh yeah. Um, you know, killing like, like you know sleeping the spending the night inside a tauntaun because you're gonna freeze to death. You know? Yeah. That I mean, was that was survival. That was Han yeah. showing some like showing some survivalness yep. there. Uh, we for the first time we really get to see because you know special effects have caught up a little bit now. So you actually get to see the Millennium Falcon be the Millennium Falcon a little bit, dodging you know stars. Really get after it, yeah. Um, we get to see our first real lightsaber battle. 
I mean, we're not just not just Vader and Obi Wan just kind of tapping sticks because they're too old to do any choreography. Wasn't Billy Dean that movie? Wasn't that the like Billy the, D. Williams, the, the, the Vader, City. the Vader? Um, yeah, the Vader. Han gets trapped in Han gets trapped in carbonite. That so was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so you don't know if he's dead or not. I mean, he's alive. You know, Boba Fett. You know, but you get to finally get to meet Boba Fett, which he's sparked his own cult following. Ridiculousness. I mean, uh, episode five just really was it's just a, it's just a perfect movie in in every way shape or form. Uh, I mean, yes, it relies on the first in order for you to understand what's going on to give it context, but it takes what it does what Aliens does for Alien. It takes what's the takes what's good about the first film, builds on it, builds a lore, and makes you just hunger for the like third that film. movie itself. Like that, if if you're talking about trilogies, they did it right. Where Back to the Future failed in the idea was Back to the Future two was a one, Back to the Future One is great. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future Two is better. Back to the Future Three is trash. I mean, I love Back to the Future Three. Yeah, I do. I really enjoy it. Yeah, maybe man. just me. Get I, out I, out I like it a lot. Where are you talking about like New Hope? Good. Empire Strikes Back, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the 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 what was episode Return six? of Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Great. That's just a great film. It is. Some, it, it it put it all in the night. It, it wrapped everything up. A nice little bow. Bam. By the way, George Lucas didn't write either of those two. I know. He developed the story, but did not do the writing. George Lucas, you can think of all my ideas they want. Stay the hell away from my writing. <laughs> That's what that means. Because, you know, it, it, it's, come on. You know what I mean? So it, it, it tells you something where compared to episode one, two, mm-hmm. and three, where there was no, like, where were the stakes episode one, two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think the, 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 stakes at? the prequels. I don't know; they were just really mismanaged. I mean, there are so many better stories they could have told, and there are a lot of different ways they could have gone with it. I just I, I felt like this whole argument or this whole mythos that George Lucas had pre-written the prequels long before, and you know, had I was I, I think it's hogwash. I think he, <laughs> I, I really do because if that's the case, then he must have just had some notes scribbled somewhere, and something's missing because. What sense does it make to yeah, have an eight-year-old boy hook up with a seventeen-year-old girl? Right. You know what I mean, so I mean, it just the hell the whole thing was just muddled. But at any rate, episode five is my number one. So, well, all right, folks, we've reached an hour and five minutes. Uh, some great conversation, some great reminiscing because I think all these movies just spark so much fun in us. I love. I mean, and we could go. There are so many other great science fiction movies. Yeah, we, we went. We definitely had five because we, if we could have kept going to ten, because yeah. sci-fi is a huge category yeah. with Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. you know, and all the other stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. everything falls and a lot of movies fall in there. You'd be like, yep. man, I remember that The Thing, mm-hmm. Stephen King. I mean, I could list on. And on, I think on, it's on. hilarious too that a lot of our science fiction movies come out of the eighties. And, and today we're trying, I mean, and, and people are still wanting to make these franchises happen today. Stop, which is interesting, because I mean, what is, I mean, what I can't think of a, I mean, I feel like comic book movies today have filled the void of lacking of lacking good Sci-fi. science fiction. Yeah, because you know the eighties was a high point in science fiction films because you had the creative geniuses of like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, uh, Ivan Reitman, Robert Zemeckis. And there are, there's like this void of good science fiction. The problem and is the that comic book film has filled that void. I think the problem is, is back in the eighties, you knew the tier one A plus movies. Mm-hmm. You knew they who they were and you watched them. You yeah. loved them. But now we're so saturated with like you got some eight you got some tier one movies, then you got a lot of you got a lot of B and C movies, and you got tier C movies that have very low budgets but are directed so well yeah. that you give a respect Slumdog Millionaire. And stuff yeah. like that, you know? And you're like, wait a minute. Why am I, 
you know, why are these great tier movies sucking so bad? And they have such a huge budget because they're relying too much on computer graphics. Yeah. And us as a society, we're almost whitewashed with that shit. Well, and I think too also, and it's a good point, or there was a good point I was watching earlier today. Uh, you know, we're kind of part of the problem because, like, for example, Michael Bay, the Transformer movies, minus the first one, are not good. But you watched the new. We go every. But you watched the Mutant Turtle movie, and you said it was pretty good. I you no know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'm talking about Transformers. All right. Like Transformers Four, awful movie, awful movie. But I went, you know, and I kind of knew that was probably gonna be an awful movie. But I still went. And the problem is people go to these films knowing they're gonna be bad, and that just gives Hollywood an excuse to do it again. So we're kind of part of the problem. I still gotta see um, Warcraft. Her Warcraft was really good. I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews. I mean, I'm a, I like. I've heard, I, that, I've heard they try to cram a lot of content into one film. You're talking about 20 hours of lore in a two-hour movie? Yeah. yeah. But All right, yeah. folks. That, can, that concludes our show for today. Hey, tune in next week. We're gonna, next week is Florida, Florida, July 4th weekend. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go out on a little uh, beer-drinking adventure on Saturday. We are going to go and do some uh, brewery hopping. Yes, yes. We're going to check out every brewery in Virginia Beach using Uber. <laughs> Uh, and we're going Sponsored to by Uber, huh? we're going to check out how uh, how we like it. Is it you know uh, is the beer good? Is the atmosphere fun? Do they have food trucks? Do they have food? Like what? Are, so we're going to check out as many of the as many if not all of the breweries in Virginia Beach and rate them, and that'll be our next podcast. So folks, tune in next weekend. Otherwise, hey everybody, enjoy your week. Thank you guys much. Don't forget Game of Thrones season finale. Oh boy, tonight there it is. Let's watch. All right, all right, everybody, take it easy.